You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report. My name is John Brown. Once again, you can hit me up anytime, anyplace, on social media, at B-I-T-W Sports. That is at B-I-T-W Sports. Talking nothing but Sixers this week on the Best in the World Sports Report. I did get a little late-breaking Eagles news. Um, Certainly not late-breaking. I got it yesterday. Fresh off the wire. Uh, The Eagles released Leotis McKelvin. Yeah, nobody cares about me. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Anyway, Leotis McKelvin's gone, and I won't miss you. In fact, real quick, on his way out, let me read off all of the highlights of Leotis McKelvin from his career with the Eagles. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, back to the Sixers. Hey, uh, you know, we talked about it last, uh, talked about it previously. Uh, they lost on Wednesday to the Spurs. Uh they're on a losing streak, all right? They've lost five straight, seven of their last eight, uh, primarily because Joel Embiid has been hurt. He at, at this time, he has missed nine of his last ten. So with him out, the team has been struggling. They've been fighting, but they've still been struggling. It's been a fight. You know, it's been a struggle, but they've shown some fight. So I wanted to bring in my guest this week. And that is Mr. Jovan Alford from Total Sports Live. What's happening, brother? Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm glad to be back on once again talking Sixers. Last time we I was on here, I was talking what Eagles. Talking Eagles. And, now th- things have changed. Now, yeah. things have changed. It's time, <laughs> changed. time, time to switch it up, man. Now, time to talk Sixers. Talk to well. For a while, it was. I think they were like the hottest team in town. Uh, things have changed. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's not the case anymore. The, uh, <laughs> you know, coming back down to earth, unfortunately. But what I wanted to talk to you about is this this team, where they're going, and just like what you think of the direction that they the direction that they're going in. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think the direction they are going in, I think it's in a good direction. I think there's definitely a positive, you know, I think there's a positive trend happening with this team. I think, you know, you're starting to, unlike in years prior, you're now, you're now seeing, you know, actual NBA players on the floor. I mean, we can go back to the early years of the Sam Hinkie era where we didn't have, where the Sixers didn't have, you know, NBA combo players on the floor. There was that time where they were signing a lot of these 10 day contracts. Jarvis Renato, uh, who else? Uh, I want to say what Darius Johnson Odom. I uh, mean, uh, Furkan Aldemir. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> uh, JaVale McGee. Um, right. Let's see. Uh, was it Tim Frazier? Uh, yeah, hey, but Tim's been good in the NBA with the Pelicans. Yeah, he, he did all. He, he did all right, and maybe it, a lot of that has to do with what he did with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Isaiah Cannon, Ish Smith, uh, who all you know. Yeah. Uh, please, there's a, there, there, there's a cavalcade of names, but like you said, they're they're start you know they're starting to get some real players, and some of those players that you thought could be further like 
casualties of the process are now starting to find some footing and to find a place on this team, i.e. TJ McConnell, i.e. Robert Covington. Now, I mean, as, as far as that's concerned, I mean, what, what could you, when they brought in TJ McConnell, did you see him becoming the player that he is now? No, I didn't. I didn't think TJ would be this caliber player where you know he's a start, you know, starting point guard on the team. I think no one saw this. I mean, he played on the Arizona team. I want to say that had Stanley Johnson on it, and you know, a couple other guys. You know, I think Roddy Hollis Jefferson too, if I'm not mistaken. But so he wasn't the main focus uh, at Arizona. So you know, he's an undrafted free agent. You know, he's fighting and clawing. You know, to make a roster. Mixed team last year. He shows a little flashes, and then we see. And, you know, the summer league, he just takes his game to another level. Plus with the new hairdo. It must have been the hair. Maybe, but that's that's not for me. That's not my cup of tea. Now, now granted, you know, I I, I like how he looked before. I thought, thought, you know, last year's haircut was fine. Now, you know, he he starts the season, you know, looking real leave-it-to-beaver-like. You know, I'm really not sure what he's going going with. But – you know, with him starting to emerge, starting to really, you know, find his niche on this team, that you, I guess you're you're seeing that second part of the process mm-hmm. kind of take place. You know, the first part was you know, accumulating draft picks, getting high draft picks, drafting cornerstone players. The other half was, you know, you know, raking, you know, kind kind of grinding, looking through that the bottom of the barrel trying to find that diamond in the rough. And they found a couple players like that, which kind of brings me back to the draft picks that they're building around. One of those draft picks was the number three pick in the draft last season, Mr. Jaleel Okafor. Now he played a nice little game last night. You know, he, he, on Wednesday, he, he, he balled out a little bit, 20 points, I believe eight rebounds. You know, he did all right. He's had his struggles, and he's had his fair share of criticism. Where are you with Ja Okafor so far? I think you know, I might be in a minority with a lot of Sixers fans because you see him once with every day. Every day, every every day. It might be every day or every other day. You're slandering Joe Okafor. Yes. Like he's the worst big man that has ever walked in foot in foot and played for the Philadelphia 76ers. Do, do we have to remind folks of Matt Geiger or um, – who else? Um, Samuel Dallin. Sean Bradley. Sean yeah. Bradley. Sam Dallin. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, they're how, making you know, him seem like he's the worst guy ever. I mean, look at the look at the big men they've had before Okafor. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, before Okafor and Noel. You know, in in, in between those two, you know, the the Furkan Aldemirs, the Javale McGees. Uh, I'll take Jalil Okafor over Spencer Hawes. You know, right? You know. So for me, and, and it's like, I, th- I think he is in a bad, he's in a very bad way in a, in the sense mm-hmm. that so many, you know, he's not the player that he, he's not the guy that, uh, that jo- uh, Joel Embiid is. Joel Embiid is so full of energy. He's so, you know, he, he has so much charisma, so much spark. So, you know, he's, you see what Embiid brings. And unfortunately, you know, Okafor is not, He's not that person. He's not that guy. Right. And I think that kind of affects him negatively. 
Yeah, it definitely affects them negatively because, like you see, you see the fans. You know, everything that Embiid does, the fans gravitate towards him. It's like, like yes, he's the guy. And not not remembering what Oakford did last season as a rookie, dropped an average of seventeen and seven, and he had a streak I think last year where he was where he was giving you about twenty points and ten rebounds almost on a on a consistent basis for a certain stretch of games last year. So it's crazy to see the dynamic change. Not only when it comes to Embiid and him, but also Noel and him, because Noel was the same dude that was in the off season, you know, complaining, talking about how you know this log jam in the front court ain't going to work, and you know he was complaining after they lost to the Lakers, you know, crying, saying he's not an uh, eight minute, yeah, he's not uh, complaining per anymore, game player. He? No, he's not complaining, and it's so messed up that a player like that that's complaining and whining gets his way, but you have a guy in Okafor who really hasn't said anything. He hasn't said nothing at all. But people make it seem like he's the worst big man that's ever stepped mm-hmm. on the floor. Oh, he doesn't play defense. You know, he's lazy on defense. I, I hope, you know, if he plays in the Rising Stars game, you know, that he gets exposed by and beat. Like, what kind of, what kind of stuff? Why are you, yeah, why are you wishing that on your player? And, it, I, <laughs> I, and it's like... I feel like he he gets such a bum rap in this city mm-hmm. that is it, that is mm-hmm. amazing, and it's like you know what, and you needed games like yesterday to say, all right, you know what, there are some deficiencies in Okafor's game. There are some, you know, there are some deficiencies. He's not a perfect player. He has issues. No he has, you know, he has glaring issues. But he is not garbage, though. He's no. not. He's no. far from garbage. And I think some people, you know, it's like. It's not, you're not wrong, and it's not wrong to say, all right, you know what, Jaleel Okafor is just not a good fit here in Philly. He's not a good fit mm-hmm. with this Sixers team. That doesn't mean he right. sucks. You know, he's not exactly. terrible. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people struggle. They do. They do struggle with it. And it's like like you said, it's so messed up because he can have a game like he had last night, and people will still find ways to criticize him, still find ways. Oh, he didn't do this. Oh, he didn't do that. But just take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. He's still a young player. Like, he's a young guy. This is only his second year. But, again, when you have the expectation, when you have another big man who you haven't played in a couple of years, when he's coming out in his rookie year, you know, dominating and, you know, can, can shoot three-pointers and everything, it puts the, it dampers, you know, it dampers on the other big man who was – Pretty good last year as a rookie, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, people people almost forget that had Okafor not gotten hurt down the stretch, he, mm-hmm. you know, he was a rookie of the year candidate. He yep, was definitely sure a rookie was. of the year a year candidate, and I think people underplay how well he played versus the top rookies of last season. Had an mm-hmm. awesome game against Carl Anthony Towns last year. Had more than one awesome game against Kristaps Porzingis last year. Yeah. Porzingis, who I believe has come back down to earth a little bit in, you know, the year since his uh you know, since his rookie year. And I mean Carl Anthony Towns, yeah, he's a beast, but still, that does not necessarily mean that the guy we have is garbage. But right. yeah, but none nonetheless People feel like he's the one that has to go, mm-hmm. and he's the one that we need to trade. Now, I wanted to throw out a couple of names to you because there's been a couple of names thrown out there as possible uh, p- 
possible returns for Jaleel Okafor. Now, one is, uh, one is one you've talked about, and that is bringing back Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you, I mean, now why don't you explain your, I guess your take? Why, what would make Drew, what would make Drew Holiday a good fit for this team? Well, when you look at this deal and, you know, this possible deal and you saw, like, the names that come up, you're thinking, all right, huge first-round pick, obviously Jensen, the name Drew Holiday pops up, and this is not the first time this season we heard the Drew Holiday Sixers connection pop up. Remember, uh, I want to say last month, uh, there was a Zach Lowe wrote a story on ESPN on ESPN.com talking about how the Sixers will make up, will take a hard look at Holiday and free agency if it comes, you know, if he becomes a free agent or whatever. And I think what makes him so, you know, uh, 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 why it would be a, a good fit for him to be back with the Sixers in, is because he brings a scoring element. Let's not let's not forget, you know, when Drew Holiday was a rookie and you know it was and was healthy and was doing things here, he can put up some points. Now he can score. He can score the basketball. He's solid defensively, and he kind of fits what the Sixers would need at a point guard. You know, someone that can score the ball and play good defense. We see, you know, when healthy, how good he plays. We're seeing it right now how healthy he plays right now in New Orleans. I mean, ever since he came back fully healthy, I think he's been dropping like thirty. He's been having a few games in a row, or or consistently, where he's dropping, you know, thirty points. Which is definitely helping the Pelicans. It helps. It's helping Anthony Davis. It takes off the scoring pressure off of him. So if you imagine you insert him in the Sixers lineup, you know they're not getting so much scoring from the point guard position right now. You're not going to. You're not going to expect offense from TJ McConnell. You want to play defense. You want them to, you know, dish out assists. You want them to do all those type of things. Rodriguez, you're going to get your points and get them. But imagine if you have a guy like Holiday who's consistent force on both ends of the ball, and that can, can provide. Uh, uh, provide scoring, assists, and rebound, and that helps the team overall. And he, he's a better, he's a veteran guy, not too old, but not too young at the same time. Talking with Jovan Alford from Total Sports Live, breaking down all the Sixers news, talking possible return, possible players we could get in return for Ja Okafor. Another name that came up. It's one I talked about online a lot. Uh, I put it out there on uh, the Best in the World Instagram page and on the Facebook page. And that's Dwayne Wade. You see that things aren't really necessarily working out in Chicago. And there might be a possibility that the Bulls are looking to uh, unload Mr. Wade. So the trade that I saw, the possible trade... And, you know, you take this with a grain of salt, but I thought it was still interesting. I wanted to put it past you. The trade I saw was Jalil Okafor and Ersan Ilyasova for Dwayne Wade, a a future first-round pick, possibly a protected first-round pick, and a draft swap. Now, let me ask you, that's on the table. You put on your GM hat. Would you take that deal? Would you take that deal? Would you make that deal? Hmm. If I was Brian Colangelo at this time, I was GM. I, I would, I would have, I would have to take, I would have to take it, mm-hmm. and this is the reason why. Because you're going to unload Oka before he gets to go to a place to another. He gets to go to a team where he's going to be the center of the offense. He's going to get his touches. He's going to give up Ilya Sova. 
okay, yeah, you give a Billy a Silva, who's going to be a rental player in Chicago, but you never know. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. You could bring him back if you necessarily want him back. So you can technically get him back. On the flip side, you get a you get a you get a you get a uh, what you say a future first round pick or something along that line. Yeah, a first yeah. Uh, a first round pick and a draft swap, and a draft and a pick swap. So you get that future first round pick. That future first round pick is going to look nice, especially because how the Bulls are trending and like you said, they could blow it up at any moment right now. So that pick will look nice and then pick swap. Who who doesn't like a pick swap? Just ask the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got their pick. We got their pick, and it looks nice. And then wait. You get what you can to get out of him for the last, you know, half of the of the season or whatever. He fits next to two guard, you know. He would definitely bring some more offense to that position. Mm-hmm. It's only going to make your two guard position better with Stauskas and you know Gerald Henderson, you know. So it works out in that factor. And you know, if Wade doesn't resign and he opts out to go to somewhere else or go to Cleveland, then hey. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad deal because you still have two long-term – you still have a long-term piece from that tree, which is, which is that, you know, that that that, that first-round pick possibly. So, I take it. And then you can get – like I said, then you can get possibly get Elliot Silva back in free agency if you really want him. I hear you. I hear you. Well, let's talk, uh, let's talk about this current Sixers team. Let's talk about players that are on the Sixers team but not necessarily playing. And by not necessarily, I mean not at all. And I'm talking about Mr. I'm talking about Mr. Ben Simmons. Uh, what do you think we'll see him this season? If I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was, I would have to say you'll see him. This is tough. I think you'll see him in March. I think you'll see him in March. Probably beginning of March. I'm thinking. I think beginning of March we'll see Ben we'll see Ben Simmons play, which will which will help. It will help this team. They're going to, obviously it's going to be another adjustment mm-hmm. from pain, so don't expect when he comes back they're going to be on this magical winning streak. And, you know, he's setting the league on fire. I'm already I'm, I'm, I'm already got them penciled in for being going undefeated. Soon as uh soon as Simmons steps into the lineup, they don't lose again for the rest of the season, and then they go fo 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 and get all the way to the NBA, NBA finals. That's what I'm talking. If they'll go fo 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 fo, all the way to the finals. Uh, I don't, I don't think that will happen. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, but they might, maybe, but they could. Hey, they could slide to the AFC. Imagine it, slide to the AFC. Cleveland gets the number one. We're talking LeBron Kyrie versus you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're talking talking about LeBron Kyrie and um, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love versus Embiid and Simmons. It, you know, it'd be pretty nice. That would be be an interesting match matchup. I think it would be a great four games because there's no way the Sixers beat them at all. Um, but it, it'd be the most entertaining sweep uh, ever in the history of uh, in the history of uh, Sixers basketball. It sure would, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> all right, yeah, that team would go down in lore. The best team ever in Sixers history. <laughs> there are right right now. There's. I have this team already uh, logged in as the best team ever, and that just <laughs> and and that just shows how bad this team has been for so you know for the last couple of years that this this team this is probably and and I've talked about this with a bunch of guests so far this is probably the most excited I have ever been for a team that is ten games under five hundred in my life 
I don't think I've ever been this excited for a team doing this bad in the in the standings. Where I'm just like, you know, I'm cheering for this team like you thought, like you think they were for real contending for a title. Oh, so you're now, talking about the 2012 team, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. But, but I mean, just the, but the fact the fact still remains is this is a team with a core. This is a team that's building towards something and is building towards something that you can see, which is a lot more than I can say for some other teams in this in this league right now. And I'm looking directly at the New York Knicks. Did you see that mess last night? Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't pretty. It's um that's a dumpster fire. Yeah. If you want to look the picture of a dumpster fire and search the New York Knicks, that's the perfect uh picture of that because that was just beyond disrespectful to Charles Oakley and it just piles on the mess with Carmelo and Bill Jackson. It's just it's just it's just not a good look for the whole entire organization. it's not a good look at all, but for me it's it's kinda it kind of brings justification to what the Sixers are doing, because when you look at when 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 you take when you take into consideration what so many people have said about the Sixers mm-hmm. and how they how they've chosen to rebuild, and you've heard so many people that question why are they not doing more to win now while they rebuild, and my answer to that would be look at the New York Knicks. You know, as bad as the Sixers are and as bad as the Sixers have been over the last couple of years, look at the Knicks. Look how bad the Knicks are. And then take into consideration, they're trying to win. The Sixers weren't. the the, The Sixers were horrible, but you knew they were horrible and you knew they were trying to be horrible. The Knicks are horrible and they were trying to be good. Yeah, you know, so, so for me, I mean, do you see that? This, but do you see that the same way? Do you when you look at the Knicks? Do you, I mean, you see a team that that's built to win now that's not winning now? Yeah, no doubt, I do see that with that team. I see a team that you know you just go heavy spending it for agency. You make a trade because you're trying to get that last grasp at making a playoff run. In an Eastern Conference that you think you can compete in, not that you can and will compete in, that you think you can compete in, with pieces that don't necessarily fit with each other. And I think that's what it comes down to. You know, um, Derrick Rose is a shell of himself. Joe Kim Noah is a shell of himself, too. So, and it's just not a right mix and match of players. And what they need to do is start building around Porzingis and building around him, giving $72 million to Joe Kim Noah's not the start to be honest, and they didn't even do a good job building their bench. You know, there's only so far uh, Lance Thomas, Ron Baker, Justin Holliday, uh, who, Sasha Vujicic, he's still in the league, uh, Kyle Quinn, Brandon Jennings, you know, there's only so far that what uh, bench lines is going to get for you on that end. So, I mean, and, and like, for me, I, I guess, and, and let me ask let me ask you this as, you know, as a native of, of of this area, as a fan, I mean, is it wrong for fans to look at the Knicks and just find that it kind of brings justification for what 
for what this team has done? Does it bring, does it just seeing the Knicks and seeing, you know, teams like the Bulls and their struggles with everything they're going through, does that bring justification to the process? I think in terms of the Knicks, definitely, because, you know, it, it shows, it shows that there, it shows that there's a certain way to build a team that you always can't build a free three, free agency. And, you always can't sign the big name players to, you know, to make a move. It, you know, it changes. It shows that you know if you take time and you gotta rip it apart, which is so hard for a lot of organizations to do. They don't want to bite that bullet and say, yeah, we're going to just tear it apart and start from scratch. No, the Sixers did it, and now you're seeing it. And you see why the Sixers, if you had to, you know, they have a brighter future than the Knicks. They have a brighter future. Then you know, then the Bulls, and then you look for, then you look going forward. They possibly they're gonna have a better future than the Cleveland Cavaliers in a couple of years. So, this is the way you got to do it. I hear you. I hear you. Well, look, man, Javon is always a pleasure. Always good to rap, talk basketball with you. Having you on is always a pleasure. Uh, what is right now? What is new on? Total Sports Live right now. What, when people go to totalsportslive.com, what can they get from you? Well, what's new right now? Let me see. Uh, we got some, obviously, the Jaloka for a trade rumor. Uh, the report that's up there, the whole Carmelo to, you know, LeBron and CP3 pushing for him. That's up there. Uh, got some Eagle stuff on there. Uh, just wrote something a few days ago. It was like a few days ago, but it probably has been <laughs> a few days ago about uh, Kareem Hunt. The Toledo running back and how he will fit with the Eagles and uh, look out for some other stuff coming out in a couple of days, you know, looking at some more Eagles draft prospects, you know, some Sixers stuff as well and, you know, a whole bunch of other uh, goodies and all that stuff. So, a lot of things on Total Sports Live. All right, once again, and you can find that all totalsportslive.com. Jovan, thank you, my brother. No problem. Really appreciate you having me on, and you know, you guys, you know, just you just keep on doing the great work with this because this is a really, really solid uh, uh, sports podcast that is very unique and different than all the other ones. Even unique than Total Sports Live. You know, I envy your podcast. You guys, you guys make it happen. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. Man. I appreciate that love. Hey, Javon. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. <laughs> no problem. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com.